Hello everyone, today's show we're talking tetrahydros, and the benefits included. Topics are pain relief, stimulating brain growth, increasing appetite, and reducing weight. Thanks for joining us. What, what's up with that? I'm cold. It's getting a little colder out, eh? Can confirm. Hemp cocoa is a great way to warm the bones up and relax. Ooh, that's a good idea. You know, hemp cocoa from the hempjar.com has 300 milligrams of hemp spectrum cannabinoids. Go on. Well, it's not only CBD, but also 300 milligrams of 118 cannabinoids and has all the natural terpenes, flavonoids, and canaflavins all working working together to give you the ultimate form of natural relaxation and comfort, especially on a cold day. Boy, howdy, where do I get some of that? Why, thehempjar.com. You can also find hemp paste, hemp coffee, hemp cream, and of course, hemp cocoa. You can even get 10% off any order with the coupon code CANNABINERDS10. Thehempjar.com, the most natural form of CBD. Loud and clear. Coming oh, right at you. Over and out. Over and out. No, we just started. Welcome, 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 everybody. I'm David. I have Rachel here with me. That makes this Cannabin Nerds. Might be hip to be a square, but it's cool to, to be, be a nerd. nerd. <laughs> that was kind of nerdy. Yeah. <sighs> but we embrace it. Embrace the nerd. Hello, everyone. A little late to the party. <laughs> well, today we got a good show for you. We're going to be talking about... Tetrahydrocannabinol. Some THC. Talking those tetras. In light of the Moore Act that Tanya was reporting on the other week, we thought we'd talk about some tetrahydrocannabinol and maybe some benefits that come with that. Some bennies. Some bennies. Bennies of the Tonkin Tetras. Uh, people don't know what we're talking about now if we say that. Oh, they'll figure it out. Okay, that sounds good. A lot of us do know benefits. A lot of us do know the stigma of what it could be, but we're here to enlighten some truths. Yeah, and just kind of celebrate that aspect since it's kind of making waves in the news yeah. right now, you know? Yeah, the House committee had passed the Moore Act, basically l- federally legalizing cannabis, mm-hmm. and uh, it still has got to go through the House and the Senate and president and all that kind of stuff, so... Uh, exciting news to come along. Yeah, it's making moves in the right direction, and we'll be keeping you up to date as it progresses. Absolutely. It'll be great. So, I want to talk about some benefits. You ready? Yeah, lay it on me. So, we all know CBD, but THC can have a myriad of benefits as well. Oh, yeah. So, the first one up here I have is chronic pain relief. Yeah. Just like CBD. That's it. Chronic pain is a huge thing, huh? That's <laughs> you know, 1.5 billion people live with chronic pain? Yeah, that's what, a fifth of the world? Something like that, if you do your math right. Studies show that the cannabis compound activates pathways in the central nervous system that block pain signals from being sent to the brain. That's directly... The central nervous system, did you know, is uh, CB1 receptors. 
Okay. For the endocannabinoid system. We'll get more on that maybe in another episode. Yeah. I'm really excited to do that. Absolutely. Just gathering some info for that. But moving back, um, even the uh, uh, an FDA-approved trial in 2013 confirmed THC's effectiveness for pain relief. It's pretty big for the FDA to confirm anything. Yeah, they're like. kind of dragging their feet on the whole CBD thing. Well, especially when it's a natural remedy that they can't profit on making, you know? I yeah, think. unless you genetically engineer it. Yeah, but you can't patent a plant. Yeah, that's more of the big pharma area than the FDA. But you can go into that. That's a can of worms right there. But anyway, <laughs> getting back on track. You know, individuals experiencing neuropathic pain were giving low doses of THC in the form of vaporized cannabis. The results? A low dose of Delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol provided statistically significant 30% reductions in pain intensity when compared to a placebo. So what that says to me is you don't need to get high to experience the THC benefits. So these micro doses and things like that that Mm -hmm. are becoming more popular might be a really great way to experience the THC benefits without being stone stoned, you know? Mm -hmm. I wonder if they could do that with Delta-8 because it's just a low it's not as psychoactive, but still a THC hmm. compound. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, they, I don't know. they have the micro doses of a lot of different. Aren't they going to do like micro doses of mushrooms and, or something? Mm-hmm. I was talking about that today. Actually, I don't know too much of that, but that's so another you're not thing. Supposed that... to trip balls, but you can still get the benefits from the mushroom. Exactly. Kind of mm-hmm. Yes, psilocybin. My thoughts on this with the endocannabinoid system or the entourage effect. Uh, So THC kind of blocks pain temporarily from what we just read, right? Yeah, it's like putting a Band-Aid on it. It doesn't heal the cut. It just... It blocks the pain, the actual cause of it getting to your brain so you feel pain. But the root of the problem is still there. However, other compounds in cannabis, such as CBD, can help with pain and inflammation and that it balances out the body. It deals with the source of the pain. Yeah, Absolutely. So that's just with the whole cannabis plant in general. Mm-hmm. THC is a part of blocking the pain, but other cannabinoids and compounds in the plant act as getting to the root of the problem, dealing with the source of pain in this instance. Which is great. I mean, you don't have many pain relief things out there that you can take that actually get to the root of the pain and help ease the pain. Along with know? all the side effects that it has as well. Yeah. The pharmaceuticals that we were talking about, there's Marinol, okay. which is actually a synthetic, synthesized, isolated pharmaceutical derived from THC. So it's actually derived from THC or it's basically synthetic I'm sorry, THC? It's, it's a synthetic form of THC. Okay. So the FDA approved that synthetic isolated form, and it's actually been around since the 80s, and this actually helps with cancer patients in the post-radiation therapy nausea feeling stage. Yeah, that makes sense, considering people use THC for anti-nausea. But. Mm-hmm. And that we were just talking about negative side effects, that, but you know, THC therapy offers a safer option than that. My thoughts on that is it's ironic, really, that an isolated and synthetic form of THC is used for nausea and from radiation therapy in cancer patients, when in fact, the actual plant has been known to help fight cancer. Yeah, it's... Kind of a little backwards, if you think about it. It's like you're in backwards. They're it's like treating. a gas truck running out of gas. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, talking about cancer, anti-cancer, another cool thing is THC has been shown to block tumor cells, food, and oxygen supply. It seems to stop cancer cells from metastasizing, basically spreading in the body, and cannabis performs optimosis. I think I'm saying that right. Optoptosis. <laughs> It's Optitosis? just a, yeah. Try it. You say optitosis. Optito. Op. Ap, I think that to, other P is silent. Maybe optoposis. <laughs> anyway, it's just a fancy way of telling damaged or infected cells to self-destruct. It's yeah. like you over there. You ain't doing nothing. Go off yourself. That's. I mean, I think that's also a lot of cannabinoids have that ability too, and I think that's what's so cool is just to remind ourselves that THC also is in that family. There's a quite a few cannabinoids that are anti-cancerous. Mm-hmm. So when you have them all together, like mm-hmm. the whole plant, they all work in harmony. Yeah, exactly. You get even more of the benefits. It's pretty cool. In the endocannabinoid system, which we have to talk about. Um, we shall. It's going to be a whole episode. I'm excited about that. But yeah. anyway, did you know THC protects brain cells? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a better reaction. <laughs> While most drugs are neurotoxic, THC is considered to be neuroprotectant, uh, basically saying that it actually protects brain cells from damage. So the stigma that stoners are all dumb might not be the truth. Might not be. I think, yeah, that has a lot to do with the frequency and also if you start doing it when you're young and your brain is developing, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's good. Just like you know, they say don't drink coffee too young or, you know, different things like that. Let your developing brain develop. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of cool to think that as our brain cells are dwindling as we get older, that's maybe <laughs> helping protect some of them. <laughs> Everything in moderation. Oh, for sure. That's what we're about. Yeah. Everything balanced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what cannabis is. Just like, you know, maybe doing yoga and smoking a cigarette. Balance. Balance it Oof. out. I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to jump on that one. Have some tequila with your coffee. Yeah, I, I could I could get down with some tequila coffee. <laughs> tequila. All right, so it can actually stimulate brain growth. It can. Yeah, it kind of goes along with stimulating brain growth. THC activates the CB1 receptors in our brains, and this stimulates the stimulation promotes a process known as long-term potentiation, which improves the brain's ability to learn. Like, you know, just like I said, this can slow down Alzheimer's as well as people with THC in their systems are 80% more likely to survive head trauma. Wow. I, how does that work? You know, a study in 2014 found that people with THC in their systems were 80% less likely to die from a traumatic head injury than those without. So are they out bashing people in the head and asking them afterwards if they smoke pot or not and then deciding whether and seeing whether they live or die that's how i would do it <laughs> well good thing you're not in that's charge good of thing many, i'm not a scientist yes many nor clinical do I claim tri- to be one. trials yeah uh well basically at a hospital the death rate after traumatic brain injury was lower among people who tested positive for thc than among than among people who tested negative for it so out of this a study was formed and so on and so forth they got this data that the 80 percent less likely to die of a brain injury yeah and we'll put more information on that study and how it was performed because it was not bashing people in the head (laughs) so you can find out more information in the show notes i'm sure that sounds like like a war zone yeah so let's equate that to ptsd oh 
Well, good transition. I mean, kind of dark, but (laughs) it's a good transition. That was a three out of 10 on the Segway analysis. The S-A-T-A? Yes, Uh, SATA. (laughs) Look it up. It's not real. So 8% of Americans have symptom forms of PTSD, which, crazy, PTSD symptoms are, you know, stuff like agitation, severe anxiety, depression, insomnia, nightmares, social isolation, so on and so forth. Um, Psychiatrists, some psychiatrists, I should say, say that THC-rich cannabis is the only treatment for PTSD, and studies confirm that THC eases a variety of PTSD-related symptoms, including agitation, depression, insomnia, flashbacks, everything I just said. Yeah. I mean, again, I feel like even with what we were talking about with the Mm anti-cancer stuff in THC, it's another one that, you know, CBD and a lot of these other cannabinoids, I think, also have the abilities, which is why it's so important to, I mean, I say all this because I don't, I don't think THC alone and isolated is going to have all these other cannabinoids and stuff in it to, right. you know, produce that entourage effect. So I would, you know, encourage people to find a... I don't think anything isolated. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, like we've talked about, it's mm-hmm. like taking the vitamin C out of, you know, make it... Yeah, never mind. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut it. Uh, that was cute. Anyway, so there's a myriad of things that it helps with, like sleep, muscle relaxant, PTSD, like we just said. Obesity. Obesity. Yeah. That's kind of crazy to me that it can, it says that smoking marijuana can reduce waist size and help ward off diabetes. I wonder if that's, you know, if people resist the munchies. Cause I, I think, yes, it might increase your appetite, but if you give in and just start eating everything in sight mm-hmm. when you're trying to lose weight, that's probably not going to help. But for somebody who's sick and needs, to eat something or else they're going to wither away, you know, the appetite thing would be helpful. So I think it, I could see it working both ways. My Which, thought is this is, it's, it's almost mind blowing that there is a compound out there in the wild that will increase appetite and reduce weight at the same time. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's the <sighs> definition of balance. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's not one extreme or the other. It's, it really is balancing. Last, but certainly not least, on our list, which is just a small, humble list, opioid dependence. We've talked about this before, so we won't go too far into it. Uh, But a 2016 study conducted in Michigan showed that medical cannabis resulted in a 64% decrease in opioid use. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing to try and get off of. Right. It helps with the symptoms after. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the withdrawal, withdrawal effects, yep. and even just the codependence on that. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah. I I did a little bit of research into the differences. What? Between, I know. You did research? Rachel, everyone <laughs> might want to stop <laughs> this podcast. That No, no, don't stop. This is going to be great. <laughs> People can stop listening to me talk and my inadequate research abilities. Oh, please. <laughs> I think I did some research on the comparison between marijuana and alcohol because i think you know i try and explain to people you know alcohol is legal it's very like the recreational aspect of marijuana is you know it's the same it should be treated the same if not better in my opinion i think i find that very interesting the whole it's been a time tell argument Mm -hmm. since i've been around yeah and who knows how long much longer the alcohol versus marijuana debate 
And it's not really a debate. It's more of like, are you serious? Like, why do we have, you know, legalized alcohol Mm -hmm. everywhere, but cannabis is just this terrible thing. But yet you can literally chop chop it off a plant, dry it up and utilize it. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to go through all the. I definitely think there's benefits in alcohol when consumed in moderation, obviously. I mean, there's there's been studies you know, antioxidants in wine and, you know, things like that. However, I don't think the benefits are anywhere near to the benefits of the cannabis plant. Just, I mean, that's why this whole podcast is here. We're learning about just how crazy this plant really is. Mm -hmm. And I think there are some comparisons that I just thought were interesting. You know, I've had this argument with people, you know, you're okay to have a glass of wine or two in the evening, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, you're not judged for that, but yet, I can't have a glass of wine or two in the evening. Uh, you might get a little headache. Might start some rambling, some rumbling <laughs> with my fists out. Got my dukes. I So I found some pretty interesting facts. You know, these are things that I've, you know, kind of had suspicions about or known, but it's cool to see it, you know, with studies behind it. And things. In study form. In study form. Science. So the overdose rate I thought was a big one. Mm, Just, you yes. know, and thinking about I've got, we've got three kids and mm-hmm. when they're going through their teen years, you know, you, you hear about all these binge drinking kids who just binge drink and die, you know, alcohol poisoning and end up in the hospital and all of this. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought it was interesting that it said, you know, in most cases, alcohol is not life threatening. However, the CDC said there are about 88,000 alcohol related deaths per year, which that's quite a lot. And about 50% of these were from binge drinking or alcohol poisoning. So, Oh, totally. I'm not, I'm surprised it's not more. Yeah. Well, that. the other 50% is probably car wrecks or different things like that, that aren't, you know, just wreck, from yeah. ingesting yeah. The alcohol. DUIs However, that's 44,000, you know, deaths in a year from binge drinking. So mm-hmm. in the death toll of marijuana, are you ready for it? Yep. I'm ready. Lay it on. It is almost zero. <laughs> almost zero? Yeah. I don't. I think I heard that it was zero, like there's been no direct related cause. I think that's why they say almost zero, because those like the very small percent or whatever that has happened in the past, Mm -hmm. you know, probably was not directly related to the ingesting of it. So I think that's maybe why they take it. I mean, that's what they said. Almost zero, zero. So So if you were so a direct cause of death for alcohol would be drinking way too much, get alcohol poisoning. Yeah. yeah. And there's no outside forces other than that. Yes. As opposed to almost zero would be you can't smoke enough or take enough THC to have it be fatal. However, if you were a side effect, you are just so out of your mind by smoking two ounces or whatever it would be, <laughs> which would be a lot maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, then you like walk out in traffic and bam, hit by a car. Would that be an indirect or a almost zero? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I I don't know. What. That's how I think of it. I agree. So th- I found that the lethal dose of marijuana is between 15 to 75 grams, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you put this into joint form, okay. so if you if you have a half gram joint. Okay. What, what's the, that look like? What is that? That's a pretty average size joint. Like if you one were gram. to buy one. A half gram. You can get one gram joints, but so a half, half gram. gram is that like the size of a cigarette? Yeah, I'd say about a cigarette size. So, so a whole gram would be a double cigarette. Yeah, 
but that's all to yourself and you'd have to smoke 238 <laughs> no. of those oh, in a day i can't and that's on oh. the lowest end that's if okay. you took in 15 grams so if you took in 75 grams that's 1113 joints in a day so i mean this what? is why we're saying it's very difficult yeah <laughs> to overdose on it i mean it's it's you, not gonna you happen you physically couldn't because you would yeah. pass out yeah before and 238 joints i mean what is that the green limit or something the green zone i don't know but that's Where you the, just you can't do anything afterwards and that's like the but then you end up falling asleep because your body's like i gotta pass out and get this stuff out of me yeah so you physically can't even smoke enough yeah unless you took it all at once and ingested it but i yeah i can't even it's it's pretty near impossible which is okay yes all right Sorry. which so that to me right there just says you know yes we don't agree with just getting completely messed up like that is not i we don't enjoy that <laughs> so i think the whole thing is just moderation but in moderation. In, in saying that it's pretty much impossible yeah okay cool so, all right the other there's a couple more things that really stood out to me was the crime rate Okay. So what they were saying was with alcohol, that is considered probably one of the most harmful as far as creating aggression or putting people in situations where they're either going to want to harm somebody or, you know, get into I just an saw an article today that some people were just busted for a crime, a string of breaking into liquor stores and stealing yeah. a bunch of booze. I just, I, which I people know. break into weed shop shops if they can to steal weed, but that's not. I don't think that has to do with what they're consuming, but you know, how many times do you hear about bar fights? How many times people get drunk and they feel invincible and they're just like, bring it on. I'm angry. You know, they get aggressive. And so the opposite side of that was people who were smoking marijuana were less likely than anybody to be getting in altercations. Okay. But then also they were talking about, um, I can see that with spouses who smoke marijuana. They were saying they went as far to say that men who, smoke marijuana are the least likely to commit violent acts against their spouse which nice. is just i mean i think it just goes to show it does a different thing inside of it. it's more relaxing and obviously there are people that can get paranoid and ramped up you know but it's just less likely to occur and then the other thing was driving that was interesting however we will start this off by saying never do we condone or think it's okay to drive when under the influence of any of anything. Yeah, of being intoxicated mm -hmm. in any way. So right. we're not, that is not what we're doing. It's just more, it, more of an interesting fact to me. But it says that when you are stoned and drive, you are 83% more likely to get into an accident than 83? if you were. Yes. So which is, that's pretty high, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't particularly like those odds. No. However, the, the comparison to drunk driving is very interesting the odds go up to 2200 percent more likely to get in a car accident really which how, that's yeah how's that even 20 to 2000 percent over well, 2000 like, percent yeah so I mean, how's that i can't even yeah and then obviously if you mix drugs and alcohol i mean it goes up even more so exponentially but i think the thing is when driving drunk a lot of people feel invincible i'm going to take this curve a little faster i'm just you know they're not paying attention or whatever whereas Typically, when people are, you know, high or whatever, and they're driving stoned, and they're more cautious, they're more aware, their senses are more heightened, and they're just usually they're going slower. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're like, 
the the old people on the street type of thing. But you know, I just had a thought. So with the whole regulation and the FDA, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. we have great regulation on the alcohol industry. Yeah. You know, it's the percentages on the bottle, Mm -hmm. has all the nice warning labels, all that kind of stuff, drink responsibly. Mm -hmm. So we have that as a society so nailed down. Yeah. With something that's so natural and that's grown out of the ground, it can just be varied to a degree. I mean, we can hone in certain things, but I wonder if that's why the FDA is dragging their feet. I when you go to a shop, a medicinal shop, they mm-hmm. or, or any sh- recreational shop, they tell you how much percentage of THC is in each strain that you're buying. It says it on the label. Typically, mm-hmm. it'll say this is a, this strain. It's a sativa, and it's like seventeen point five percent THC. Mm-hmm. So you know which ones are stronger. So I, I think there's definitely a way that the FDA could, you know, check up on that. I really think it comes down to the fact that they don't have a good way of testing in the moment. That's why the USDA came out with that whole thing a few like a month ago and you have up to 15 days after someone after a usda government official checks out and tests the plant and you have up to 15 days afterwards and in that is something quite interesting you have a buffer zone i forget what it's technically called but we know that 0.3 percent thc or lower is hemp but it was saying it was 0.5 percent i think we already talked about that with that buffer Uh zone so that just says to me that in that time frame anything can happen As far as you can't really hone it in as much as you can mix alcohol with and have it be a certain proof. You know what I'm. You know what I'm trying to get at. Just the regulation. It's kind of so maybe that's why the FDA is kind of dragging their feet. People can brew their own beer legally, and we never know how they're if they're going to be able to measure all that. You know, it's like. Well, that's for sale. Like I can in Colorado, we can grow our own weed up to what six plants a person Mm -hmm. per household. Yeah. Something like that. So, and then there's no regulation on that as long as you're not selling and doing anything illegal. I think they just need to figure out a better way of doing a, a field. Field tests? Yeah. Okay. And anyways, I personally, I don't like to take the risk. I refuse to take the risk. I'm not going to drive inebriated because nothing is worth that, <laughs> you know? You know what's funny? Mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Yeah. He's a funny guy. You yeah. hear what he said? Uh-uh. Smoking is a gateway drug. <laughs> but then you know what he said a week later huh smoking's not a gateway drug uh, referring to smoking marijuana, marijuana. Yeah, yeah. yeah see to me i just i don't that's crazy number figure one dude. But yeah figure your shit together but i think for me i you know i've done things in my past you know when i was young and didn't care about the law but as mm. you know as a parent You're as a law-abiding citizen i i didn't want i stopped smoking marijuana for a long time because you know I didn't want to risk getting in trouble going to jail anything mm-hmm. like that it wasn't worth that and I think there are so many benefits you know even for me I love having a glass of wine or two just to relax mm-hmm. after a long day right with dinner just chilling it's fantastic but I also know that drinking alcohol every single day and multiple drinks is not good for my liver mm-hmm. and which is also kind of crazy because didn't we see something about that there are potential benefits to the liver from marijuana I mean, there. It depends on. I think there was a few factors, but in for the most part, mm-hmm. it was not damaging to the liver. To it was process. more positive than negative for the liver. Yeah, and and, and in all the these studies other studies have shown that, but there's no conclusive. It's all preliminary, from yeah. what I've seen. So to me, it's it's easy to take a break and still get relaxation. I mean, I personally have had my red card and have used it, used THC for pain management. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. My nerves, my nerve pain 
you know, definitely has flare ups and that really helps to calm that down along with the hemp paste that I take, you know, the different, I've got lots of different methods, but right. as far as recreationally, you know, well, you have replace good- that with, you know, replace your glass of wine or something with a little bit and it gives you the same relaxing effect. There's no hangover. There's no hardship on your liver. There's, you know, I, you I have a good uh, broad way to do it because with, as far as I understand, smoking, it's the effects come faster, but they leave faster, mm-hmm. which so, is super like first in, first out kind of thing. Yeah. Really quick. But ingesting like a hemp paste or a CBD, whatever, a whole plant product, uh, then it just stays in and it lasts longer and mm-hmm. you actually get more of a buildup yeah. that way. Absolutely. I think the, I think something that's cool too, is I think that with marijuana, it's easier to regulate whereas you know say you're out to dinner with friends and you have a glass of wine too many or a drink mm-hmm. too many mm-hmm. you start feeling that you're like oh crap i'm i'm on this ride you know i'm going to be on this ride possibly through tomorrow just being hung over or mm-hmm. you know being inebriated whereas you have a little bit too much like if you smoke it or you know vape it or something you can pretty much wait 20 30 minutes mm-hmm. and the initial punch to the face will wear off and you know you know Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's not the goal is to get punched in the face by pot, but it's a funny image. I just got. <laughs> I know. Right. But I think that, yeah, it's, it's a little bit easier to regulate and not get too messed up and mm-hmm. be out of control. I think that's something that I like is just being able to be more in control and everything in moderation. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And you got to find out what's right for you. Mm-hmm. Whether it is taking an edible or smoking or not even making a THC, sorry, uh, having a substance that's low in THC. Yeah, like these microdoses. I I kind of want to try one just to see. I've- microdoses or even a CBD product. Mm-hmm. Um, like the whole plant, a whole plant product's great because you have everything, nothing's taken out. Uh, so there's a there's a variety. That's one thing we have. It's a, it's almost a first world problem where we just have a variety of choices. It's difficult to know where to begin, mm-hmm. but the information is getting out there. And you can go into these stores and people can actually tell you legally, you know, whereas before it's not like you're going to go ask a drug dealer, how much, how much, how much of this should I use? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These people in these stores are there to help you out and say, you know, I would take it slow or I would do this or, you know, and they, even doctors too. Yes. Even my doctors, doctor was yeah. very informative yeah. when I went in. I mean, so I, I think there's a lot of resources and I think, you know, coming back, this is cannabinoids is about all the cannabinoids and we, it's about passing on knowledge. We don't claim to be doctors, and if you have any kind of questions, you can you know ask us, but definitely ask your doctors, too, if you're uh, thinking about this, that, or the other thing. Of course. Definitely consult. We are not medical professionals. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, that's, I think that wraps it up. It was, it was a lot of fun diving into this. It hasn't been talked about as much in light of, you know, CBD this, CBD that, CBD mm-hmm. everywhere, and... You and we know. have a glimmer of hope of cannabis being legal on the horizon. Federally. Federally. Which would be awesome. Which would be great. And I think a lot of what we do talk about will be negligent because cannabis is legal. As far as FDA regulations, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Clear up a lot of red tape. Or maybe it could give more red tape. Who knows? It's very exciting, but we will be here every step of the way. Absolutely. To learn with you. But anyway, thank you for joining us. 
Yeah, thanks so much. It was a great pleasure. Uh, if you want more information, you can go to cannabinerdspodcast.com. You follow us at cannabinerdspod on all social media platforms. Ask me a question at David Woji on Twitter. And yeah, thank you for listening. See you next week. Yeesh. <laughs> Yeah, the